Well, good Sunday morning to you. Again, just want to say thank you so much for joining us on this podcast uh, as we continue to uh, worship just a little bit differently, but getting a little bit closer back to uh, normal uh, here. And as we continue in our series right now of what's going on in there, this morning we're going to talk about the topic of fear. So I want to encourage you, grab your Bibles. Let's go to 1 Kings chapter 19. Your fear is something that a lot of people struggle with. It can be something uh, such as a fear of snakes, spiders, public speaking, rejection, loss of job, loss of finances, uh, even you know losing your own life or, or just a, a few things. Now, you know, fears are kind of changing. You know, last week we talked a little bit about people's fears. They, they were things like the political climate, the economy, climate change, the, the fear of being part of a mass shooting. Uh, a couple weeks ago we, we talked about it. Yeah, I wanted to take the temperature of people on social media. So a few weeks ago I put out two statements and I asked people to finish those statements for me. Uh, the first one was, my biggest fear today is. The second statement was, my biggest fear last year was. Now, this doesn't surprise me, but most people's fears have changed over this last little bit because of COVID-19. You know, the, the fears were, were all over the place last year, but this year it truly uh, comes down to for most people, something COVID-19 related. And while the object of fear may have changed, the fact that people are battling fear hasn't. Therefore, today, we want to look at what the Bible says about fear and how can God help us live a less fearful life. Our Bible story today is going to come from the Old Testament. We're going to look at an event in the life of a prophet named Elijah. Now, Elijah was a godly man who God really used. He spoke truth to people in power, even though it wasn't convenient for him. And most of the time, he was able to stand up to uh, their pressures. But we're going to see something a little bit different in our text. And we're going to see what happens when a man of God takes his eyes off of God. In fact, the, the one big thing this morning is that focusing on God and obeying Him will shrink our fear and build our faith. So let's look at it together. 1 Kings chapter 19, I'm going to start in verse 1. It says, And Ahab told Jezebel all that Elijah had done, and with all how he had slain all the prophets with the sword. Then Jezebel sent a messenger unto Elijah, saying, So let the gods do to me, and more also, if I make not thy life as the life of one of them by tomorrow, about this time. And when he saw that, he arose and went for his life and came to Beersheba, which belonged to Judah, and left his servant there. But he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness and came and sat down under a juniper tree. And he requested for himself that he might die and said, It is enough. Now, O Lord, take away my life, for I'm not better than my father's. And as he lay and slept under a juniper tree, behold, then an angel touched him and said unto him, Arise and eat. And he looked, and behold, there was a cake baked on the coals and a cruse of water at his head. And he did eat and drink and 
laid him down again. And the angel of the Lord came again the second time and touched him and said, Arise and eat, because the journey is too great for thee. And he arose and did eat and drink, and went in the strength of that meat forty days and forty nights unto Horeb, the mount of God. And he came thither unto a cave and lodged there. And behold, the word of the Lord came to him and said unto him, What doest thou here, Elijah? Let's pray. Father, we thank you for just this opportunity to open up your word. And God, I pray for those who are going to be listening to this message. Lord, maybe they're battling fear right now. And so I pray that you would speak into our lives today. I pray that you would use your word, empowered by your spirit, to help us to know you and to focus on you. And Lord, to live a life that glorifies you in all that we do. And so Lord, as always, we humbly ask that you would give us ears to hear and hearts to receive the truth of your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Again, our our one big thing is that focusing on God and obeying him will shrink our fear while building our faith. So we want to understand the nature of what's happening in the text and, and understand where fear comes from. The first thing that we can see in the first three verses of our text is that fear comes when we stop trusting God. In 1 Kings 18, we see God use Elijah to score a huge victory over false prophets. In fact, God used Elijah to defeat 450 prophets of the false god Baal. However, there was a co-ruler of the land by the name of Ahab. And Ahab was a wicked man, and he went back and he told his wife Jezebel what happened. And so Jezebel, who is also a very wicked woman, she issues a threat against Elijah's life. Uh, I guess in today's terms, we would say she put out a hit on Elijah and said, may worse happen to her than what really happened to her prophets if Elijah wasn't dead by this time tomorrow. So Elijah is faced. Uh, with a death threat. And after reading this threat, Elijah takes off running, and he doesn't stop for a while. He wants to put as much distance between himself and Jezebel as possible. But let's understand where Elijah's fear was coming from. Elijah's fear came because he feared a person more than he trusted God to protect him. And I wonder, the things that you and I are are fearful of right now, is it because we don't trust that God is able to protect us and to provide for us? You know, there in verse 4, Elijah's statement of, it's enough. This is Elijah saying to God, okay, kill me now. I'm as good as dead anyway. You know, we start feeling fearful and defeated when we take our eyes off of God. Another thing that we see about our fear is it often comes when we're fatigued. Elijah had been working really hard as a prophet. He was faithful to God. You know, he had been warning the rulers of Israel. He had been warning the people of Israel not to turn their backs on God. He had a really heavy load that he carried. 
The problem was Elijah wanted to try to be all things to all people. He forgot that the only one who could actually carry the burden and the load of everyone is God. I wonder if the same isn't true for you and I. Are we fearful because we can't figure it all out? I believe this highlights an important concept, especially for those who are in leadership and really anybody who's trying to serve other people. We're called to serve others, and we need to give all of our energy in glorifying God by doing what He has called us to do. But if we're not intentional about practicing self-care, we're going to find ourselves in the position of needing care ourselves. I love what Pastor Robbie Gallaty said. He said, quote, sometimes the most godly thing you can do is take a nap. Yo, God has given us the blessing of rest. That blessing is to remind us that we don't have to have it all figured out or work it out. Now, I'm not advocating for laziness. Neither was Pastor Gallaty. But there is a very real danger of getting burnt out by always pouring everything you have out and not taking time to allow God to refresh you and recharge you. Think uh, about your favorite cup. All right. Now it holds only so much, uh, whether it's water, coffee, tea, whatever, whatever you're putting in there. But when that cup is empty, that's it, right? No more. You, you, you can turn it up. You can sip on that straw as hard as you want. But when that cup is empty, that's all there is. And the same is true for you and I with our time and with our energy. You know, we, we think we have to continue to, to go, 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 go. But I believe one of the things that we're learning in this pandemic right now is the blessing of rest. When you and I just continuously go, we don't take time to rest and recharge, we become burnt out. We become um, a little snappier towards people. We tend to have our vision skewed of ourselves and God. What we have to remember is that God has promised to give us the grace we need there in 2 Corinthians 12. He didn't promise our strength or our energy, our drive, or our abilities to be sufficient. Rather, God said, my grace is sufficient. Yeah, I think this is where we can learn a great lesson from Chick-fil-A. You know, Chick-fil-A is one of the top performing and selling uh, franchises in the United States. And yet they do it in six days. They do about as much in six days as what many other uh, fast food chains do in seven days. Why? Because they understand the need to rest and recharge. When you and I are tired, we don't think clearly. Another truth about our 
fear is that it comes when we focus on ourselves. Elijah's fear led him to have irrational thoughts here in verse 4. Elijah actually thought that he got to tell God when he was done. He thought he got to say, okay, God, I've had enough. He forgot that God is sovereign and we're not. So we don't get to tell God when we're done. He tells us when he is done with us. If we are resting and trusting in God and we are doing what God has called us to do, he will give us the energy we need to do it, but he'll also tell us when it's time to sit down. Now, to be fair, Elijah isn't the only Old Testament person who thought he could just tap out. Go look at the stories of Moses and Jonah. They had similar thoughts. Jonah wanted God to kill him just like Elijah wanted God to kill him. This is what happens when you and I focus on ourselves and our circumstances. We have an improper view of ourselves and of God. The interesting thing in our text, if you read on, Elijah ran and ran. And he kept running until he got all the way back to Mount Horeb. Now, it's known by another name also as Mount Sinai. Uh, Now, Mount Sinai is the place where God set Israel apart from other nations. After delivering them from the danger in Egypt. Friends, I want to tell you something. I don't believe it was a coincidence that God made sure Elijah made it all the way back to Mount Sinai. I think God was trying to teach Elijah a lesson, and I think he's trying to teach you and I a lesson as well. The lesson is this. God had taken care of Israel even before they arrived at Mount Sinai, but he continued to take care of them after they left Mount Sinai. And he wasn't about to abandon them now. So often we get fearful because we think everything depends on us. But God took Elijah back to Mount Sinai to go, Hey, big guy, I was here and with my people and providing for them before you were. Sometimes God has to take us back to the beginning to remind us of his power, his presence, and his plan. God wasn't done with Elijah. And if you are still here, God isn't done with you yet either. So stop navel-gazing, lift up your eyes, and follow Jesus. You know, one thing we see in this, this text twice is God asking a question. And I love when God asks a question. He's asking a question not because he doesn't know the answer, but because he's trying to get our attention and to redirect our focus. So Elijah runs to this cave. And God asks Elijah in the cave, Elijah, what are you doing here? Now all Elijah could do was think of himself. Right? So God's going to change his perspective. Elijah is so busy throwing himself a pity party and not trusting God, that he actually throws the entire nation of Israel under the bus. 
God says, Elijah, what are you doing here? Elijah goes, I'm the only one left who loves you and serves you. Every other person has forsaken you and they have bowed their knee to a, to a false God. Have you ever noticed that fear makes us irrational? So God tells Elijah, I want you to do me a favor. Walk out to the opening of the cave for a moment. And when he does, several incredible things happen. But after each of them, it says this, but the Lord was not in, whatever it happened to be. Then there was a still small voice in verse 13. And that still small voice caused Elijah to tremble and to hide his face. What was that still small voice? It was the voice of God. Elijah had been focusing on himself so much. He had been running for so long that he hadn't realized that he had stopped hearing from God. Oh man, I believe that's such a huge lesson for you and I in the church right now. Look at everything that is going on in our nation. Look at how it's affecting churches. We were so busy going along and doing our own thing and you know, just doing things the same way that we've always done them. But I wonder, did we ever stop and go, when was the last time I heard God speak to me? And you know, the truth hit me. Sometimes the only way you and I can hear from God is to slow down and to get silent. Let me ask you, have you slowed down yet? In all your fear, in all your uh, trying to fix it, have you stopped? Have you got silent before the Lord and just prayed in, in utter desperation, saying, Lord Jesus, I need you. God, this is what I'm afraid of right now. This is what I'm facing in this moment. Lord, would you help me? So God asks Elijah again, what are you doing here, Elijah? Now God is confronting Elijah in his sin of his lack of faith. God's saying to the prophet, I use you to defeat 450 prophet, false prophets. Do you really think I cannot protect you from one woman? And I want you to think for a moment, church. I'm not trying to diminish the things that you and I are facing right now. There are people who are facing health crises. They're facing job loss, financial struggles, and many other things. I'm not diminishing those things by any means. But what I believe God is trying to ask us is this. Have I not taken care of you every step of the way before COVID-19? If I took care of you before, don't you believe I will still take care of you during and after? See, I believe that God's aim was to change Elijah's perspective, and it's to change our perspective. 
The simplest way to do this is to get your eyes off yourself and your circumstances and to fix them on Jesus. You know, Psalm 121, it says, I lift my eyes into the hills. Where does my help come from? It comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. If God can make and God can take care of everything that you and I see around us, do we really think God can't take care of us? Remember what God has done for you in the past. Now, just a side note, I I really think this is where journaling through your Bible reading can be so helpful. Because we all go through these down seasons, these times of fear greater than our faith. It's easy for us to start looking at ourselves and our circumstances and going, woe is me. But if I've got a journal and I can start looking back and I can see, oh man, I remember what I was going through and how scared I was and I I didn't know what to do then, but man, look what God did for me. Look at how God has been faithful to you in your past and let that inform your mind that he is going to continue to be faithful to you in the present and in the future because that's who God is. And this is something that I really just want to share with you really quickly. Okay, God's faithfulness does not depend on man's faithfulness. God is faithful because that is who he is. Remember that God is in control even when you or the world around us feels out of control. Remember that God is with you. If if you're a child of God today, remember that God is with you. You know, God told Joshua in Joshua 1.9, Be strong and of good courage. Do not fear nor be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. David wrote in the Psalms, Where can I go that the Spirit of the Lord is not there? If I go to the highest Mount, you are there. If I go to the lowest uh, hells, you are there. Remind yourself of your blessings. You know, as bad as things are, and they have been bad, the truth is they could have been a whole lot worse. God could have left us helpless and hopeless against sin and death. But in his love, he sent Jesus to die in our place. And when Jesus rose from the dead, he offers us forgiveness, redemption, and an eternal relationship based on his goodness and his grace. Not our failures. Remember, as Paul said, God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and love and of a sound mind. See, the power is God's power in us. The love is God's love perfecting us. The sound mind comes from knowing that God is in control and that as his child, it's all going to be okay. It may not be okay today. It may not be okay tomorrow, but it is going to be okay because God is still on the throne. I'm still his child. 
Jesus rose from the dead, so I don't have to fear anything or anyone because nothing can take away the relationship that I have with Jesus. The second thing I think that we need to do is learn to obey God. Every time that we're faced with a new task, it it seems overwhelming. You know, at least at first, uh, I remember uh, when we had to suddenly go to online platforms. I'd never done an online worship service. I I had no idea how to do it. I I had to spend a lot of time researching and and learning and trying to figure it out. You know, there were times I'm like, there's no way I'm going to be able to do this. And the tendency that we have is we start listing off all of the excuses for why we can't do what God has called us to do. You know, we, we're a whole lot like Elijah. I love what God tells Elijah to do in verses 15 to 21. Now, I'm paraphrasing here, but God's message to Elijah was something like this. Quit your belly aching and complaining. Get off of your self, uh, self-righteous high horse. Because while you might think I need you, Elijah, I don't. Elijah, you aren't the only person who loves me. You're not the only person serving me. In fact, I've got 7,000 men who haven't abandoned my call. So just remember this. I don't need you, but I desire to use you for my glory and for your good. So Elijah, go back, do what I told you to do, and leave the timing of everything up to me. Man, that that might seem like a, a really harsh thing. But sometimes the most loving thing that God can do for us, sometimes the most loving thing that we can do for other people is just tell them the truth. Even if it's inconvenient. Even if sometimes it may hurt their feelings in some way. Now, that doesn't mean that we should go looking to hurt anybody with our words. But we also don't want to flatter them all the way to hell. Listen, church. God is called and he will call you and I to be part of things that are bigger than us. that Things that are impossible for us. But that's how we learn to trust God. It's how our faith grows. It's how we experience the power of God. And it's how God keeps us from robbing him of the glory that is rightfully his. You know, Sometimes people will come to me and they'll just ask, how do I know if what I'm thinking is what God is speaking to me or if I'm just trying to do what I want to do? Typically, the first question I, or the first statement I give them is, is this. Is what you are sensing or what you think God's calling you to do, does it make 100% sense to you? Do you know exactly how to do it, when to do it, how to do it? If so, it may not be from God. Because God rarely gives us an edge piece to the puzzle. He typically gives us some weird shaped piece that belongs somewhere in the middle of the puzzle. But here's what we need to know about it. It's the right piece for the location God is working on in the puzzle. And the truth is, God has given you enough information 
for you and I to take that next step of faith. We may not see what the puzzle is going to be. We may not even see what it looks like. But God is giving us enough information to see where that piece fits because that's where he's already working. So the question for you and I this morning is this. Will you allow him to put that piece of the puzzle in place and then you step into that space? Will you ask God to give you a greater fear, a greater faith than fear? It's not about being able to figure it out. It's about trusting the one who is calling you to it. Will you? Would you pray with me? Father, thank you for this morning and this opportunity just to look into your word. And Lord, we are like Elijah in so many ways. We often believe that it all depends on us. Father, would you just remind us as lovingly and graciously as you can that it's not about us, it's about you. And that we don't have to fix it or figure it all out. But rather we just have to rest and trust in your grace. And know that where you call us, you are already providing for us. So Lord, whatever our fears are this morning, would you help us to lay them down? Would you help us to fix our eyes on you? And to worship you until we come into your presence for all of eternity. Thank you for your love and your grace. In Jesus' name, amen. Again, I want to say thank you so much for joining us uh, this morning. If you have any questions, please feel free to reach us at pastorjustin at westlakebaptist.org. Until next Sunday, I love you. I'm praying for you.